you'll always fight with God. You'll always fight with the Holy Spirit. You'll always fight with, with what God intended for the purpose of you to be. Every man, woman, boy, girl, child, whatever, God desires to have a relationship with that person. And, and His heart's desire is that every person would come to know Him through the free pardon of sin. And it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ will man be made right, will man be set free. And today I want us to understand this. Sometimes in life we forget where we come from. We forget who we were. We forget who we are. And it's only by the grace of God that we as Gentiles, we as, as, as non-Jewish people, could ever have a part in heaven, a place in heaven. And it says, by faith we are all made one. This is what I want us to understand is that faith unites everybody. Every race, every nationality, every whatever. And I, I, I'm, I'm not good with words, but I want us to understand that in Christ we're one. Whether we was born in Mexico, South Africa, Brazil, Europe, England, France, Germany, South Alabama, North Alabama, Canada. There is no nationality. You're either in Christ or you're in the world. And by the blood of Jesus Christ, He brings everybody that's in the world into Him. You know, verse 1, it says, Once we were dead because of our disobedience and our many sins. It says, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the power in the air of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That's there's two there's two there's two national two people two origins. You're either lost or you're saved. Paul is writing here to ones that have been saved, and he says, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and uh, inclinations of our own sinful nature. And it says, by our own very nature, we were subject to God's wrath. In the King James Version, it tells us that, that we were... Let me look at here. It says, among those also and have... All have our converse in our conversations in time past and the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We were by nature the children of wrath. This is what I got to get us to understand is, is if you're lost, you're under God's anger. You're going to face God's anger. If you're saved, you've been brought into one nation. It says, but God who is rich in mercy, and His love for us, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when, we, when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Paul had to talk to a group of people that had forgotten what God had done for them. Today, I feel like the problem in the church is we forgot what God done for us. You know, we forgot that we once were a sinner. We were lost. We were trespasses. 
But what's even worse is we don't realize that we were aliens. We were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. God's chosen people. God loved Israel. God chose Israel to be a conduit. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't call Israel to be a cup or a bowl or a, a lake. God wanted to use those people to, to, to show His love, His mercy, His grace. And He wanted that, that group of people to go evangelize the world of how rich in mercy God was, how much God loved them, how, how much God wanted to have a relationship with the foreign nations. God chose Israel to be an example of what it could be like. And they failed miserably. They, they, they took their, their, their relationship with God, they took their heritage and they made themselves into a, a, a group of people that thought of themselves as, as great people. Verse number 11 says, But don't forget that you were Gentiles. You, you used to be called outsiders, uncircumcised heathen. How many of you understand? How many of y'all remember? What did David say when he run out there when Goliath was running back and forth, what did he call him? Uncircumcised Philistine. Anybody here don't know what circumcision is? Everybody understand the concept of circumcision? I don't want to go into it. I do not want to discuss it. But all circumcision did was affect the appearance of the body. God used that. He wanted that to show a people. He wanted to use that to soften a heart. He wanted to use that that that, that by that in a particular people that through circumcision that they were God's chosen people. But yet they let that build them up. That'd be just like God said, Look, I'm gonna make all my people millionaires. And the first thing you've got is a bunch of highfalutin people that look down on the poor. Today, we as Christians have been born again. We think and we judge and we look at people who have not been. Oh, that old guy's a drunk. He ain't worth nothing. Oh, that old guy, he's a, he's a, he's a dope head. He ain't worth nothing. Oh, that guy's a hot head. He loves fight, fuss, cause problems. He ain't worth nothing. We forget that we once were those outsiders. It says, we were called the uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. What's the problem in society today? We have hard-hearted people. We have people that's full of pride, that's full of, of self-knowledge, and their hearts cannot be affected. The, the issue in here, and I've had people tell me, Preacher, you stomped all over my toes today. And I apologize to them and tell them I was not aiming for your toes. I was shooting for your heart. I wanted to break your heart. Every, every time I come into the presence of God, this morning I woke up early. Uh, Will and Selena's coming to eat dinner with us, and we're going to get to spend the day together. There's nothing like being in the presence of my kids, okay, and my wife. I love being in the presence of, of my family. But now you look at this. Here it is, a Gentile. We as a people... We could never get into the presence of God under the old system. That's blurry as I'll get out, ain't it? I want you to understand. Can y'all see this red dot right here? Y'all see this? Can anybody read that? It says the Holy of Holies. 
God Almighty, this is where He would come down and He would dwell. His Spirit, His bright shining light. This is the temple. This is how the, the court, it's the interior of the Jerusalem temple. Here's the Holy of Holies. There was a veil right here that separated the priests when they come into the holy place from the presence of God. And only one time a year they could come into that temple and the blood that was sacrificed it would, be, it would be sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant on the top that's called the Mercy Seat where there was cherubim formed out of gold and overlay and it's beautiful. But the, the, priest, the, the priest would go in and he would put blood on that, atone, on the, that, that, that Mercy Seat and, and, and the priest and, and all of the, the Israelite men, everybody that was in the, the nation that come and brought at sacrificial animals, that blood would go in and be put on that holy seat once a year to put your sin off for a year. But I want you to understand, this right here was the, the hall of the priest. Only the priest could be inside that place. It'd be like, here we got this sanctuary, up here on the stage is the Holy of Holies, and only the preacher could, only, only me, I'm the only one that, that's fit to be up here. Out here in the first two rows, three, four rows, this is where the priests, the men that would sacrifice and do the rituals, they would be at. The women, come on ladies, y'all got to get out. I'm sorry, y'all got to get up and leave today. Y'all got to go out in those sanctuary. That's where y'all got to stay. If you're a Jewish woman. And if you go back and look, the hall of the Israel, or the hall of the Israelites, that's where the men would gather. What does that say? Court of the women? I want you to understand, the women were segregated. They were pushed out. They could not even be up here in the presence of where the Israelite men or the priests were. See how far away from God the women were? It was so hard for them to be close to God, to have a relationship with God. Don't you understand me here? You could not go into the Holy of Holies. Nobody could go in except the priest. And if you look way outside there, and you can't hardly read it, but that's the court of the Gentiles. Us Gentiles was the furthest away from God that anybody could be. That's as far into the temple as we could go. We could not come to the altar to lay down our burdens, to lay down those things. And these were only Gentiles that had went through Jewish ritual to become a proselyte. They'd been through the ceremony and they had started adhering to the covenant of the law of Moses and they were, they were doing the things that, 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 that was prescribed in that day as religious ritual acts to be a Jewish person. And I want you to understand that, that I've got to point the clicker in the right way. Here, this, this veil... The thick veil separated God and man. And so many of us take it for granted today that we don't take it for granted anymore. I can come down, I, I, can, I can fall down in this floor prostate in the altar. And I can beg God, please, Lord, I have sinned. Lord, I need your help. Lord, there is a problem in my life. Lord, I need you to save my children. Lord, they're lost and dying, going to hell. Lord, my marriage is falling apart, and I cry out to you today with everything inside of me. God, I need you to help me. Lord, I'm sick, touch my body. Amen. Some of us is too 
prideful to do that. Some of you never visit at the altar. And you expect your life to change. How can your life change if you don't? How can anything about your life be any different if you come in here every Sunday and do the same thing? How many of us in our hearts cry out and moan and groan to God that we're so lo- that we're so hurt that we're so just just desperate or we're so appreciative? We're so glad that God loved us enough that He made a way for me, a, a uncircumcised heathen, to be in His presence. I'm grateful. I mean, my heart overflows that He loved me that much. He says, but once you have, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were afar off. Do y'all understand what I saw out by how the Gentiles, how far off from, from the worship service that took place? Do you understand how far off us as Gentiles were? We were separated. We were afar off. We could not get in the presence of a holy God. No matter how pure, how much we wanted, the, the, the sacrificial system that had been set up separated Gentiles. And it put us out here on the porch. I mean, you think about it, in the kitchen's where you get fed, right? But we couldn't go to the kitchen to be fed. We had to wait for the scraps to be threw out on the porch. It says, for Christ Himself has brought peace. It didn't say He brought me a new car, did it? It didn't say He brought me a perfect marriage, did it? It didn't say He brought me a raise at work, did it? It didn't say He took care of the problems that we have down here. What did Jesus Christ bring? Peace. What did He bring peace? He brought peace between man and God. It says He brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles. That'd be like me and Norman. Man, we've been enemies for years. More we butt heads, we argue, we fight, we hate one another. But when Jesus saved Norman and Jesus saved me, you know what He done? He united us as brothers. We have that in common now. We have a brotherhood. Instead of the vision in the walls that have been built, and you think about this. How many of you, you man here live in a gated subdivision? No. <laughs> no, you know what's that lucky. But you think about, I, wouldn't want, I mean, but no, you think about, what's that gated, what does that gated community do? What's that gate do? It separates. You think about the wall, racism, and I'm, 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 boy, I'm going, boy, I'm going to be in trouble. Racism today is the devil stirring up people. Why? I want to show you right here. It says because he united Jews and Gentiles into one people. So if we're born again believers, it don't matter what color you are, it don't matter what nationality you are, nothing matters anymore. If we're born again, you're to be able to let us a Mexican, African American, Indian American, Native American, Alaskan Indian, Alaskan American, Chinese, Asian, European, 
Why should we ever? But what do we do? We build walls. We keep them out. We don't want people in. But Jesus Christ come, and when he tore that veil, he made it to where everybody could go into the presence of God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we all have access to that. It says, when in his own body, on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility. What does the, the, all the protest and everything, all the Black Lives Matter going on right now, what is that stirring up? Hatred, racism, division. And they think they're marching for a good cause. And, I, and I'm going to be first saying it ain't a good cause. And they, they can come after me, they can shoot me and kill me, I'll be in heaven. All that's doing is dividing our nation further and further and further. If we can come together, if, if I'm saved and I'm living according to the way God's called me, I'm going to get along with whoever's around me, amen? Why? Because it's not about me anymore. That song says, when I come to the end of myself. When I come, when you come to the end of yourself, when pride is gone, when, when stubbornness is gone, when all these things are gone out of you, then God can use you. But it says, with his own body, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments. Now, the moral law of God. Anybody know what the moral law of God is? Exodus chapter 20. Read it. That's the moral law of God. That'll never be done away with. That's what God put in man. In Romans chapter 1, I believe it is, it talks about that, that, that God instilled in every person a desire to love Him, to serve Him, and to obey Him. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, that moral law has been put into all of us. But the rituals, the regulations, He made peace between Jew and Gentile by creating in His own self one new people. From two groups. He took black and white. He took white and, and Hispanic. He took black and Chinese. He took black. He, he, he made, of the groups in the world, he brought everybody together under one thing. The blood of Jesus, when it covers you, it should change you. You ought not have bitterness towards racial groups. It ought not matter that there's different colored people in the world. If they're born again, we're all of one people. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of His death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. So you tell me all these people that's out there writing, they're protesting, unfair treatment. They're, 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 they're killing, they're destroying property. Oh, it's wrong. They'll not be allowed to do that. The protest ought to be stopped because it's ungodly for people to get out and act the way they are. These, these are so-called preachers and, 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 and uh, Reverend what, Al Sharpton. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Why? Because he's, he's, he's promoting Dissension, he's promoting 
rebellion. He's promoting all these things. You look at these folks that go out in the name of God and they stand up and they rebel. God says that we are to live under the authority that He's placed above us. Every one of us are subject to the powers that's above us, the police officers, the mayor, the city council, the governors, the, the, the state representatives. We may not agree with them, but we ought to respect them enough because God says, respect the authority that I put in front of you. And we as Christians, that's what we ought to be telling people, is that we ought not act that way, that we ought to all live in peace. It says he brought the good news of peace to you Gentiles. What 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 was the the good news of peace? What what's the peace he brought? He brought Jerry Mobley through his blood into the presence of God Almighty. God no longer had wrath towards him when he he received him. This is what I'm sitting here looking at today, y'all. We as Christians, we don't we we think, but when we get saved. That our our, our our financial situation is going to be better. Our kids are going to act right. We're going to get no. All Jesus did when He died on the cross, and this is a lot, but I say all. All He was trying to do was to bring man to God. When you got peace with God, your life—it don't matter what's going on around you—you you have peace with God. Everything you ought to have a a, a reverence. You you. Why can we not? What did Jesus save you from? When the Holy Spirit spoke, man, I see folks in the altar squall because of the, the, the sin that was in their life and they were so grateful and thankful that Jesus brought them out of that. But a few years down the road, we've lost the gratefulness and the thankfulness. We forget about what God has done for us. He created in us to where we're equal with Jesus. God made us equal heirs, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. He set us free, y'all. Us in America, we ain't never been bondage to nothing. Unless you're a drug addict or alcoholic or, or, or hooked on gambling. Nobody in here has been, 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 been valid because we, we in America, we see the good life. We don't have to worry about food. we got pantries full of food. We, if mom and daddy ain't got it, we can go to grandma's house. But Jesus Christ come to set us free. Y'all, we forgot. We forgot. Let me go. I'm, I'm a, I promise you, I'm going to hurry. I'm going to hurry. Once we were dead. Because of our disobedience and sin. But God, who is rich in mercy and love for us, that He, even though we were dead in sin, He gave us life. Y'all, we don't realize how bad it was. We don't realize how far off we was. But I want you to understand that he brought the good news of peace to Gentiles who were far off from him and peace to the Jews who were near him. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Y'all realize in Old Testament time when they come through preaching, 
and a wife got saved and a husband didn't, most of the time he'd wind up divorcing that wife. Why? He was a life and why? Because my wife didn't have a brain. Please, you do have a brain and I love you and I'm trying not to make you mad. But if I was a Jew in Old Testament times, she couldn't think for herself. She could not act for herself. Because she was subject under my authority. She was a servant to me. But when they come through and preach the good news of Jesus Christ, how he set them free, and, and, and she accepted him, and all my buddies down here says, Oh, your wife, don't she don't listen to words you die, da, 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 da. They used to couldn't make a decision to follow God. Their husband had to tell them to serve God. And you know what's worse? Now, Jewish women had it better than Gentile women. Why? Because they were everybody. Y'all, we don't realize. You do not realize. And you we're not great. We're not grateful that Jesus brought that to us that we could be set free. We could be equals. We have the ability through the precious blood that He will save us, redeem us. He will make us at peace with God. Do you realize? Do you realize that you had no hope? We had no hope. And we had no God. So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers, foreigners. You're citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are the house built on the foundation of the apostles and of the prophets. And the cornerstone himself is Jesus Christ. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through Him, you Gentiles are also being made part of the dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. Somebody help me here. I skipped it. Verse number 12. In those days we were citizens living apart, excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and did not know the covenant promises God had made with them. You lived in a world without God. They had many gods. They had dead gods. They had wood gods. They had stone gods. But that last part that's highlighted, what does that say? My death. The what? Y'all realize we didn't have hope. What does to have no hope mean? Just what it says. Doc comes in and says, look, I'm sorry. You're too far gone. There's no hope for you. We, we can't. There's, there's no treatment. There's no cure. You're dead. Now we sit here and think, well, okay. But do you realize if you're lost, if you've never accepted Jesus in the free part of sin, you're without. You're without God. Missed it. 
You're without God and you're without hope. Y'all, that's what scares me today is that we live in a world. Oh, we have hope. Well, I can get up and go to work tomorrow. You got to be at work tomorrow, Marty? No, me? Michael? Adam? And by going to work tomorrow, you're going to make a little money. When you get your paycheck, you got a little hope. You can go spend some, right? Maybe. If you're allowed to. <laughs> Most of us is on allowances, y'all. Very, very small allowances. We just hope. <laughs> we just hope. We just hope. But what if you have no hope? You know what scares me? Is I'm preaching three messages right here. I'm preaching to the lost people sitting here today. Never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You're without God and you have no hope. I'm preaching to babes in Christ that need to be men and women in Christ. It's time for you to step up. Y'all look. We forget where we come from. It's so easy. Norman, you remember when you was lost? Tammy, remember when you was lost? Scott, you remember the day that Christ came to you? How grateful were you? How thankful were you? But many, many years down the road, we lose that enthusiasm of what God done for me. And when we lose the enthusiasm, what do we quit doing? Sharing that with people. What's God called you to be? Everybody in here that's been born again has been called into the ministry. It's your job to tell somebody what God's done for you. Don't answer this, okay? But if I said, Tyler, share your testimony with me. You think about that. How hard? Um, I'm just, just chill, okay? Don't freak out. I ain't going to do you that way. Y'all, the church has lost its effectiveness to a lost and dying world. Why? Because we don't share our hope with them. And you know what they are? Y'all need to give me two ropes. They're, with, they're without God. What is it to be without God? You think about this. But if you didn't have God, how bad would your life be? There's nothing to life. So what if you make a lot of money? So what if you're able to buy a bunch of stuff? How many of y'all in here has got the first car you ever bought? Anybody in here got the first car you ever bought? How much work have you had to do to it? Pretty good bet. But you think about this. Is it going to last forever? Y'all, without God, you'll last forever. But you're going to last in a place that was created for Satan and the angels that rebelled against him. The thing that I can't... Y'all, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't feel like being a, cheer, I don't feel like being a cheerleader today, okay? I don't feel like hooping, hollering, turning cartwheels up here to get you excited and thankful 
for what God's done for you. But she said, Preacher, I've never accepted Jesus in the free pardon of sin. If you've never accepted Jesus in the free pardon of sin, this is what I want to ask you today. And I'm not trying to scare you into anything. But we're not promised tomorrow. If today you breathe your last breath and you're going to meet God face to face, what terms are you going to meet Him on? If you had to stand before God today, are you a faithful child that's obedient to the Father? Would he look into your face and he say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or would he say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Now this is a real serious question right here, right now. Is he Lord and Savior? The Bible says is that every knee, every knee is going to bow before him. And every tongue is going to confess him as Lord. Is he your Lord? Or is he just the one you run and cried to one day and said, Lord, save me. Y'all stand to your feet. If you die today, where will you spend eternity at? Will you spend eternity in heaven with God who loves you and that you followed? Or will you spend eternity in a devil's hell? In a place that's full of torment, full of anger, full of wrath, the word people are not welcome. I'd ask you today, they're fixing the saying right here in just a second, but I need to know. I need to know if you walk out that door and you, and, 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 and you drop dead of a heart attack, if you get killed in a car wreck, where are you going to spend eternity in? Where will you spend eternity in? That's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Where will you spend eternity? And I ask you today, if you're not saved, the Holy Spirit, there's been enough talk here today that you can make a decision to say, Lord, I want you to save me, and Lord, I want to follow you. And when we come to Him just out of that brokenness, I mean... He puts his arms around us. He'll love us. He'll lift us up. He'll strengthen us. He'll encourage us. And and I think that's why that we're going to be in Ephesians chapter uh, four, uh, verses one through six today. Uh, it says, "I therefore, uh, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation wherein you were called." It says, "With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love." Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in bonds and peace. There is one body, there is one Spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, 
one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, now y'all listen to this, who is above all, who is through all, and in you all. Let us pray. Dear God, we bow before you this day. We ask now, Heavenly Father, you just fill us. Lord, use us. Bring back to remembrance, Lord, the words that you have spoke to me as we've studied this, Lord, that as we as Christians would walk worthy of the calling you've placed upon us. Lord, the life that we walk speaks volumes to a lost and dying world. And Lord, you've already made us by us accepting your Son. Lord, you've made us the, 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 the spiritual beings, the, 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 the holy people, the, the called out people. Lord, you've already made us that. Now, Lord, give us the ability to look at ourselves in the mirror each and every day through your word, Lord, and that we can learn how to, to do these things, how to walk worthy, Lord, that we bring you honor and glory and praise to your name, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We lift our hands up to you this morning and ask, Lord, now you would clear minds, hearts, Lord, you would clear thoughts, and Lord, let us focus directly on your precious word that we may leave here better than we came, Heavenly Father. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen. The thing I want us to look at today, you know, we've, we've, we've been preaching, uh, we started in Ephesians chapter 1 here, I don't know, a month or two ago, and and that's all, you know, I've, I've went verse by verse by verse to, to go through this and to understand this and to know this and and to see these these truths that Paul has and it you know it's it's good to to get into the word of God and read it it's good to go into the word of God and read and that is spiritual food for us to be lifted up and strengthened but it also says to study the word of God you know a lot of times but the the, the word itself when you go back and you see these things uh it it, it, it makes such a, a big difference in how we Look at things, how we understand things, how we comprehend things. That's why I tell you to, to cross-reference these words in different translations to where you can get the full meaning, the full understanding of this. And, and, and verses, or chapter 1 through chapter 3, Paul's talking about how wonderfully God has made each and every one of us that's been born again. He's given us power and they give us glory and they give us riches. And He gives us the ability to walk and the strength in that inner man that, that we're able to, to live a life that pleases God and honors God and that helps my brother and helps my sister and it lifts him up. And then I'm always worried about somebody else instead of worried about my own self. And you know, the Apostle Paul was one of the greatest of besides Jesus Christ and that he lived in humility and he's able to walk that walk. Uh, and now he's telling these people at Ephesus here, he's like, you've got all the understanding. I give you all the tools to tell you how great you are and how, how, how high God has lifted you up and what God has made you through the blood of Jesus. He's made you into somebody. He said, now I want you to walk. He's given us the roadmap. You've got to walk worthy. Do you think about this? Are you worthy of how much money you make? Are you worthy of the house you live in? Are you worthy of the car you drive? You know, most of us take pride in those things. Our job, our home, and our automobiles. We, we, we look at those things and, 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 and those are things that we aspire to attain. Uh, and, and, and we look to always progress. We want to have a better job where we can provide better for our family. 
You know, we want to have a real nice house and live in this thing that we can take pride in. And, and, and when folks come over, these, these are the things that we look at as we're always wanting to, 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 you know, maybe get a different hairstyle or look a little better or more attractive. Uh, you know, wear nicer clothes for, you know, when people see me, you know, they think, you know, well of me. And, I, you know, these are the things we look at and we got it all backwards. He says that we are to walk worthy of the calling that we've been called with lowliness. This is something I've got to get you to understand. We are to walk in lowliness, you know, not going around to, oh, I'm terrible, oh, I ain't feeling, oh, I know, that's not it. With meekness, with long-suffering, with forbearing one another in love. We are to go through life, and this is the, the, the issue that we have today, that people are eat up with pride. Pride was the first sin. Satan was made so spectacular and so beautiful, and, and he had all these wonderful gifts and talents that God had adorned him with. And the, 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 those gifts that God gave him made him feel good about himself. He lifted himself up and he is trying to place himself above God. We as Christians today, y'all, we have got to learn you are a Christian. If you're born again, if you're a born again believer and you've been saved, you are the child of God, walk worthy and, and bring honor to His name. So many people think, okay, I'm saved, but I can still live like hell. I can still go out and, and, and do all the things that the world throws at me and fulfill the desires of my flesh and to do these things. And Paul's saying that's right the opposite of what it means to be a Christian and to be a child of God and to walk worthy of this calling because you are the Christ that people see. And the problem today is pride, is pride, is pride. I want you to understand that. Now, I didn't get it on this slide up here, but I put it on my iPad. The first sin is the pride, the, 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 the ability of pride, or the pride ability. I'm, I, the things I can do myself, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm a good pastor. I'm probably the worst pastor this church has ever had. I'm not good at being a pastor, but I feel like I can preach pretty good. And a lot of times I get puffed up and I say, oh man, I laid it out there today, boy, I preached that sermon, oh yeah. And Satan's got me right where he wants me at in the pride that you know, God's given me the ability to speak. I feel like I have the, the gift of God, the ability to be able to speak. And a lot of times I feel like that I'm doing these things in myself. And that, that, that's my ability. And I take pride in my ability. And that pride causes me to fall. And I miss the point. And I miss the mark. I don't do what God called me to do. It is I'm doing it in myself and I'm not doing it in the Spirit. I'm not letting the Spirit, I'm not being obedient to the Spirit to let that Spirit use me the way He would have me to be. The next one is the economic pride. You know, a lot of places you can't even say that word. They don't know what you're talking about. But the United States of America, the economic pride. It's, 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 it's these things to, to acquire, to obtain. Oh, look at my new, look at my old here, look at this. And we're always consumed by more and more and more and more. 
in Isaiah, I can't remember the exact verse or what, but it says you obtain more and obtain more and obtain more and obtain more, and you distance yourself, and you distance, and finally it says you own so much that you've pushed everybody out. You've bought thousands and thousands of acres around you, and you've built houses, and, and, you, and nobody knows where you're at. They can't even get to you. You're so far away from reality. You're so far away from anybody that you've, 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 your possessions have took you over. And now they can't nobody get to you. You can't affect nobody. Because you're so far in the middle and it's just miles. It's like you buy your own island. You build your house out there in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and you're just thousands and thousands of miles away from nobody. And they can't nobody get to you. You're useless to, 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 you're useless to God. So many Christians today in here are useless to God. Oh, Lord, I am so sorry. That did come out wrong, but it's right. That's exactly what I meant to say. If you're mad at me, I, I hate it. But we've let our ability and we've let our economic status overrule us and we're useless to God. Why? Because it's about me. Verbal pride. Oh, Lord, you ought to seen what I've done. You ought to seen how I told them. Oh, look at all these things I've done. Oh, I've, you know, uh, we went dove hunting yesterday and they killed 10 I killed 200. I showed them boys up. I mean, we just love to build ourselves up. Talk about how great we are, how good we are. Oh, I've done all these things right here. And y'all, that, 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 that is not what walking worthy of the calling of God is. It's to be low and, and, and humble. Turn to Matthew chapter number 5. You can write it down. I have a little more in a minute. And seeing the multitude, he went up, and this is Jesus on the mount. And when he had came, was set, the disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. What, what did he say they were? Blessed. I said, I love that word. Oh, I love blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to be living in God's favor where His blessings are coming upon me. Blessed are they that mourn. Why? For they shall be comforted. Blessed are they, are blessed are the meek. Now this is power under control now. Okay? There's a difference between this being just a doormat, somebody running a slap all over you, than you having all the power and wisdom and knowledge and understanding how to use this. And, and, and this is what you got to understand where it's talking about here that we are to walk in lowliness, meekness, and long-suffering. You know what long-suffering means? Long fuse. How many of you here have got a long fuse? The problem today is we got people here that really ain't got a fuse. All they got is a button. Amen. Come on. Let's be honest today. It's just all you got to do is put this on. Uh, you can't light a fuse. I didn't lost it. Uh, with buttons. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness. What's the problem in the church today is we have people that do not hunger or thirst for anything except to be better to be blessed, to be lifted up, to have a better job, to have more money in the account, have a better looking husband, have a better looking wife, have better kids, have a better house, have a better car, have a better this. We're all consumed instead of hungering and thirsting after the righteousness of God. These are the things right here. It says, for they shall be filled. Do we live in a world today that there is a void? 
I mean, you look at it today, and I know, you know, I, I, I know and the, the, the educators in this room, the, the, y'all see the void in children today. Y'all see that there is missing a mother and a dad. There, there is, there is a, there's brokenness in these children today. Because there is these things that should be in their life that is not in their life. And it is, it is causing a, a, a huge break in people. What happens when these broken children grow up? They're broken adults. You think about that. What's the problem today? We've got the broken adults are having children and they're broken children. Hurt people hurt people. Broke people break people. These are the things that we as individuals, as Christians, have got to get back to, y'all, is to be humble in spirit and mind and action and deed. Lose humility. I mean, we've got to lose pride and seek humility. And just when you grab humility, just when you become humble, you acknowledge, oh, I'm so humble, and you lost it again. It's the most elusive thing that you'll ever run across. It's like trying to find the end of the rainbow. That's what humility is. It's something that man has to go after day and day and day and preach and beg and pray and look and seek. It's humility. You look at it and it says, what did Jesus do? He humbled Himself and left His throne and took on the form of a human being. He humbled Himself. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteous sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Y'all, when you read the, 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 the Beatitudes, when Jesus started the Mount of the it's, these are the things that we are looking for, and then we, it's just like an elusive, what was that, snipe hunting? There's a bag limit on snipe now. I don't know if it's, uh, we'd always got stuck, dropped off in the woods with a bag, stood there half a night. So we're going to run them up through the woods, you just stand there with a the bag, you can catch them. They never seen a snipe. Y'all, these are the things that, that, that we're all, we, our, our, and you know what? It's human nature. Because when Satan fell, man fell. And everybody in here is a fallen man or woman. There's nobody in here that has not fallen. Why? Because every one of us is going to see death. Because the wages of sin is death. That's what the body dies from. Is, is, I'm not saying that... that what, you've got to understand, we're all going to die because we were born broke and we'll die broke. A broken man, a broken woman. But it's the blood of Jesus that will redeem us and will put, him, put us with Him forever. It says, Blessed are you when, you shall, uh, when men shall revile you, persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for My sake. Rejoice! Rejoice! The problem today is we don't rejoice enough. We don't praise enough. We don't lift our hands enough. We don't shout enough. We don't get happy enough. We don't go through life just saying, thank you for what you've done. God, I'm always, oh, I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. You will not be thankful with more if you're not happy with what you already got. Come on, somebody. 
We've got to appreciate what we already got. The friendships we got, amen? The brotherhood we got here, the, the, the family we got here, we've got to be grateful for these things. But you know what? Most of all, it's saying that who? Ye are the salt of the earth. You're a preserver. You're a preserver. Y'all three girls, y'all are preservers. Y'all are, are, the salt is a preservative. Well, what happens when the salt loses its flavor? What does it say? It's good for what? Nothing. Now, I'm not trying to be ugly. But how many of us in here this morning are just really good for nothing? And I'm sorry. My vocabulary just ain't that expansive. All I say is you're just a bunch of good for nothing, nothing. Because when you think you're somebody, pride's got you. Y'all, we have got to get the savor back in us. Why? To where we can be preservers. Now, I got a lot of instigators in here. Come on. I'm chief of them. I, mean, I, I used to wouldn't make down for nothing. Oh, I was going to hair lip Hannah. I was going to be right. I don't care how wrong I was, I was going to be right. Look back to Deuteronomy 8 11. Write that down. Deuteronomy 8 11. This is what God says about it. It says, Beware that you forget not the Lord your God for uh, in not keeping His commandments or His judgments or His statutes which I command thee this day. It says, Lest when thou hast eaten and are full and thou hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And when thou hast herds and thy flock multiply, the silver and gold multiply, and thou all that thou hast multiplies, that thine heart be lifted up. Listen to me. When God's done all this for you and He's, he's, he's promoted you and you're successful and you've exceeded abundantly above what you could think or imagine, He says, be careful that your heart be lifted up and thou forget thy Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, which brought you out of slavery, which brought you out of this world. You're the child of the devil, lost hell for devil's hell. Jesus saves you. He sets you free. He separated you out of this world. And it says, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness? Y'all, we're in the wilderness right now. God's leading us through the wilderness. We're still in the wilderness. We're on the journey to the promised land. Amen? This is where you with fiery serpents, scorpions, drought, where there was no water, who brought forth, uh, who brought thee forth water out of the rock? Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which our fathers knew not? That he might, what? Humble you. I was talking in the Sunday school class this morning. I said, you know what? Every trial I go through makes me a better man. And the one goes through twice makes me an even better man. The one I go through four, five, six times showed me how stupid I really am. Because I ain't figured out yet. If I do it right the first time, I wouldn't have to go back through that same fight again. Amen? But so many times we wonder, why does this crap keep coming up? It's the same dang fight. I, you know, I'd love to fight something new. I'm tired of fighting the same old crap. But it just all of a sudden dawned on me. Stupid. That's ugly. I shouldn't say that. Dummy. Is that worse or better? Ignorant. Or just slow. All of the above. I mean, hey, I, I can really cue myself. I'm talking to me, okay? I'm not calling nobody here. 
Ignorant, dumb, stupid, or slow. I promise. But it says that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at a later end. You know, my promise ain't in this world. Nothing in this world is ever going to last. 105 Cannon Road 4 in probably 50 years will belong to somebody else. Why? Because I don't own that. I don't know. Even if I pay it off, I don't own it. If I'm dead and gone, somebody else going to have it. Somebody owned it before. Tammy's grandmother and granddad, they bought it, built it, oh, it was their house. No, it ain't my house. Why? Because they're dead and gone. Everything we've got here perishes. Somebody else takes control of it. But we put so much emphasis in the things of this world. Or if you invest in that much in eternity. Amen? The things that, my, that excuse me, things and, and, and robbers can't steal. That moths can't eat and canker and rust decay it. What are we investing in eternity? The things that's going to matter when you stand before Jesus Christ. Is He going to say, you are a good and faithful servant? Come on in. I'll bless you with much because you was faithful with a little. I mean, there's tithes and offerings. Ooh, they got quiet. I thought I seen light in his last just then. We're so narrow-minded that we don't feel like that God will take care of us. I don't have an option. Why? Because He has always took care of me. He's faithful. And the more faithful I am, the more faithful He is, the more I trust Him with, the more faithful He can what He can do. Hey, I, I turned them two young men right there over a long right when this boy. I said, God, stay in your hands. Because I ain't smart enough. Praise God, He sent Tammy and His Holy Spirit to take care of them, them too. But you know, these are the things that I'm sitting here thinking about. He's done above and beyond what I could ever imagine for them to. I can only do so much for them. But I know at a later end, everything that I turn loose of down here and I count as dung, when I can turn loose something like that, yeah, He can trust me one more. Because He says, that's not got Him. He's got it. And it says, and thou say in thy heart, my power. Man. Guys, eat up with this. My power. I've done this. Oh, I built this big. Oh, I built this reputation. Oh, I made that fortune. Oh, I've done. Oh, I've done. Oh, I've done. Oh, I've accomplished. Oh, oh, oh. I wish you'd shut up. Your breast stinks. You're so full of it. I'm sorry. It says, and thou say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me my wealth. Who give you the strength to get up this morning? Who give you the smarts to develop and to do and to work and to prosper? You don't think it can't be took away in just a second? Look around. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for he is that giveth the power to give us, to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant.
which he swore unto your fathers as it is this day. What God promised Abraham, if I'm a child and I got faith, I got the promises. He's established that covenant with me as a child of faith. And it shall be, if thou do not, I'm sorry, if thou do all that, if they do all forget that the Lord God and walk after other gods, now this program capitalizes every word. I'm sorry. That's a little g. It's not a big g. Whenever I'm doing the font, I can't get it to make a small. It says, if you walk after the gods of this world and you serve them, what's the god of this world, money? Fame? Fortune? And I don't want to say, we all need a good reputation. Okay, I, but for us to have, for everybody in here to think I'm this high. When me as a man wants to be up here, I want y'all up here and I will be down here. I'm beneath y'all. I, I, I don't think much of myself. And it says, and you serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. Why are you having problems in your life right now? Yeah, you know, they, 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 some things are out of our control, okay? We can't control death. We can't control sickness. These things are out of our control, y'all. Because somebody gets sick and passes away, don't mean that they're a sinner or they sin in my, I, that's just the nature, the natural life, okay? We're all going to age and die. But what I want you to understand is that when you think, when, when, when you, when all hell's broke loose in your house, your kids is acting a fool, your husband's, he's always acting a fool. That ain't no different, is it? When he acts more and more and more of a fool, you think about these things right here. As the nations which the Lord destroyed before you understand when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, out of captivity, He brought them through all these different lands. He fought these battles. God destroyed every nation that rose up against Israel. He wiped them out. He protected Israel. He fought the battles. He He says, as 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 these nations that were, uh, as these nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, ye shall perish because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Old Testament showing how physically we can prosper. How we can, can, can be lifted up and blessed and obtain wealth. Okay? There's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having nice clothes, nice car, nice house. There's nothing wrong with any of that. God will bless you and He will give this stuff to you if you're obedient to Him. And it don't control you. New Testament, when Jesus said, blessed are the humble, blessed are the pure, I mean, uh, those that uh, hunger and thirst after righteousness, that's the spiritual side of it. The spiritual man of Ashley Penton and the fleshly man of Ashley Penton. If the fleshly man, Old Testament Ashley Penton, will start walking in the statutes and the commandments that God has given me, then he can bless me. If the spiritual man will, will will adhere to his commandments and live under his authority and let him have rule of my life, then he can bless me and take care of me and, and, and protect me. Back to Ephesians, now Paul says, uh, verses 1 and 2, okay? says, I, I Paul, now this is 3 and 4, hang on.
It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation wherein you're called, with all lowliness, meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Understand this, y'all. Every one of us ought to have the priority to keep the unity of the Spirit at Goshen Baptist Baptist Church. I, I, Ashley Penton, or the endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit at 105 County Road 4, Piedmont, Alabama. Tammy Penton, or to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit at 105 County Road 4, Piedmont, Alabama. If I will love her and cherish her and, and, and live to please her, and if she will honor me and cherish me and live to please me, the unity of the Spirit will flow at 105 County Road 4, Piedmont, Alabama. Why? Because we're both exalting each other. We're lifting each other up. We're pleasing each other. We're taking care of one another. We're loving one another. We're walking in humility one with another. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church that He gave Himself for it. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husband. And I think it says old husband in there. Children, obey your parents. It says there is one body. So when I say if I get a broke rib, that rib is going to cause pain throughout the whole body. You understand that? We're one body in here, y'all. We ought to all be on the same page. We ought to all be in the same mind. It says there's one body, there's one spirit flowing inside each and every one of us. Each and every one of us ought to look to you. I ought to say that I'm going to pray for Norman. I'm going to lift Norman up. I'm going to do everything I can to live at peace with Norman. I'm going to be the, I'll be the sacrificial one. Okay? And if we all have that spirit, and, and, and we're all living in that one body, even as you're called in one hope. What's our hope? In Jesus Christ. We're living in Christ. It's not, I'm living, oh, and this is so easy to do. If Kenneth wants to live for Kenneth, and it's all about Kenneth, and Diane ain't getting nothing, and Jake ain't getting nothing, how miserable is it going to be at that household? So many times in life, it's all about me, me, me. Toby Keith, I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I want to talk about number one. You under, y'all remember that song? But so many of us are eat up with me, me. It's got to be my way. You gonna do what I say? Well, you don't do what your father says. Why should your kids do what you say? I have some probably nasty letters after that one. <laughs> Why do you expect different out of people? You hold people to one set of standards and you live by another. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. You understand this? We all serve one Lord. We all have one faith. And we all have one baptism. One God and Father of all. Now that's not of born again believers is what that interprets into this ain't wrote to lost people. This wrote to say. It says we have one God, one Father of all who is above all. You understand that? God is above every power, every principality, every municipality, every 
government, every president, every dictator, every everything. God is above all. He's in control of all. And He can take those heathens of the world and line them up to promote and prosper me. Remember those story? This woman, she prayed that oh, she'd have her windows raised. She lived, I think, it was in New Jersey. In this little suburb, or, or they live side by side. You might reach your hand through your window and get something off your neighbor's kitchen table. That's how close the house. She'd have him windows, and that woman, she was a prayer warrior. She'd thank Joel, thank you, Lord, for doing this. Thank you, God, for doing this. Oh, Lord, thank you for saving so and so. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you and that the atheist live next door to her. He heard her in there praying, Lord, you know I'm out of groceries and I ain't got no money. I need some food. God, I need you to send me some food. Take care of me, Lord. You've done it in the past. You'll do it in the future. And that old uh, atheist, he said, well, I'm going to show that old fuzzy. He went down to the grocery store. He bought her two sackfuls of groceries. He brought it back, knocked on her door. She come to the door and said, here, here's your groceries. See, God didn't take care of you. I did. And she said, thank you, Jesus. You feel my knees and you made the devil do it. Come on. These are the things that went in our lives, y'all. You just don't understand how powerful God is. You know, we talked this morning just to say, I'll be done in a minute. Ooh, thank you, Lord. The Lord holds the earth just in, in perfect distance from the sun. I mean, it's just, if it went three or four degrees, Closer or three or four degrees further, it'd change everything. It'd probably wipe out mankind. We'd burn up or freeze to death. But since he spoke the world into existence, it ain't budged off that. It ain't moved a bit. It's right there in that same loop. And the God that's got the power to hold the whole world together, he's got the power to speak over and shift the tides to where everything will flow into Ashley Penton's house. And ain't, ain't nothing you can do to stop it. But there's a lot I can do to stop it. I'm talking about my alignment. If I'm aligned with God and God is first in my life and God's foremost in my life, guess what? It says, if you obey my commandments, I'll bless you. If you do this, I'll do that. But this morning, if you're sitting here lost, this message was not for you. I'm sorry. These are for the born-again believers. But if you want to put your faith in Jesus Christ and have your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, spend eternity in heaven with us to praise and ordain and worship and, uh, and, 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 and feast with Jesus Christ and not spend an eternity in a devil's hell, I'd invite you to come down here in just a minute. We'll explain to you how that says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, God will save you. But y'all, the problem we have in today is, is I know who you are. I know what God's made you. But I need you walking worthy of what He's called you to do. It's time for you to start living with the power that He's put in you. It's time for you to change. It's time for you to clean your act up, folks. I hate to be rough. But praise God, we need folks in here walking. The walk, talking the talk. God's created you. He's formed you. Now it's time. It's your, it's your turn. It's your turn and here today. How many of us are truly walking the walk? How many of you are walking worthy of the calling that you've been called by?
they come with a song of invitation this morning. I want to ask you. I want to ask you right here this morning. Be honest with yourself. If you're not walking worthy of the vocation wherein you were called. He says, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord. Paul said, I'm a prisoner. He was sitting in a Roman prison. He wasn't a prisoner of Rome. He was a prisoner for Christ. He said, God sent me here to get these folks saved. I preached to all these Roman soldiers. He said, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you were called. Y'all today, how many of you are walking worthy of it? How, how many people in this building this morning are walking worthy? Y'all stand to your feet. I'd, I'd, I'd ask you, if you're lost, come up here. Grab me, talk, grab me by the hand. Tell me, Pastor, I'm lost. I want to get saved. If you're saved and you know you're not walking worthy, to do good and to not is a sin. And it's, it, it's, it's worse for those that know to do good and to not to do it, the judgment that's going to come upon them, the punishment that's going to come upon them. That, that, that's what worries me. But I'd ask you today, y'all come down, come down, make, get things right with the Lord for you. Don't leave here the same way that you come in here today.